Hey everyone, welcome to episode 10 of Better Late, the podcast about adult gymnastics. It's hard to do things for the first time when there's no clear path in front of you. That's why it's so remarkable to hear about gymnasts like Simona Castro, who was the first gymnast to represent Chile at the Olympic Games in 2012 and will be competing in her third Olympics in Tokyo. She didn't set out to be an elite gymnast, never mind still be competing in her 30s. According to Simona, college gymnastics had a lot to do with why she's still training. Because of her, Gymnastics in Chile has never been so popular. I hope you enjoy this episode. I actually started when I was six. I started because I I was a troubled child at school. I didn't behave very well, so my mom thought that it would be a good idea to have more uh, discipline and be more organized. Like I did well at school, but uh, I was a messy kid, so uh, I would always get in trouble. And then I started gymnastics like any other kid, just three times a week uh, for a couple hours. And as I moved up and then, like, I wasn't very good at it. So I just kept going because it was fun. So then I started competing, like, right away, like, through levels, I would say. And I don't know, since it, it didn't get easy, it just kept more being more challenging. So then I kept going and going. And when I was 13, uh, I had a choice to make, like, I either kept competing as, like, recreational-wise or just, like, maybe give it another shot and, and do it, like, more elite, I would say. So I started doing, like, two practices a day. And we, we started doing homeschool for that time, so was it high school was at home. So pretty much I was studying on my own and then I had enough time to train and compete and then just kept going until I was like uh, 16 where I got my, sorry, 18, where I got my first medal at South American Championships. And that's when I kind of like got like more real. <laughs> I, I I didn't think about like, having like big goals in the beginning. I, I always thought of like doing big skills and stuff like that. Uh, I just, I, I don't know, I never envisioned it because I always uh, had a hard time with gymnastics. I was not flexible, I was not coordinated. So it took me a while to get to a point where I felt like, oh, I'm actually doing real gymnastics. <laughs> so um, after that, I just, I had a chance to apply for uh, university. I actually, uh, I met Steve Butcher at the airport. Uh, we were stuck for a flight. We were flying to, I think it was, I don't know if 2006 or 2007 World Championships. And we got stuck there. We met him. He, he already been around with the gymnastics world. And he talked to us about like uh, doing gymnastics in college. And I thought it was a great idea. I didn't expect to be doing gymnastics at a much older age <laughs> and ex especially like in college I, I like in our country there's no many chances of doing gymnastics while in college and many gymnasts drop out of gymnastics because of school so I thought it was a great idea uh, I actually applied a year after my sister applied she decided not to go and so I applied to three schools I think it was LSU, Illinois and Denver and I got in all, in all three but um, I went on my recruiting trip 
to Denver and I loved it. I loved the people. I loved the coaches and I felt much more comfortable. And I also knew that um, Jessica Lopez attended that school. So I kind of felt like, I don't know, for Latina women to be involved in college sports, it was a great way to feel like, uh, I don't know, in the same zone, I, I guess. Um, so she she motivated me as well. And so I ended up going the next year and that's why I ended up uh, you <laughs> it was a great experience I never thought I would enjoy gymnastics as much and I think that showed me and and it translated to my gymnastics I learned how to be like smarter in training and smarter with my body especially uh, because we kept going and going and we have so little time and so you learn how to be efficient with practice and training so uh, I don't know I, I would say college gymnastics kind of built like the gymnast that I wanted to be like uh, psychologically so I think that's what I needed when I was much younger so I'm, I'm really thankful for having the chance to do college gymnastics yeah wow that's really great and it's it's very interesting when you said that you are focused more on and could see yourself getting big skills but not necessarily big goals because I think a, a lot of the elite gymnasts always talk about, oh, I always had it in my mind to go to the Olympics, but it doesn't have to be that way. I think even if you look at Simone Biles, it was like she had a mindset shift before she started really, really like winning. And then she believed she could be really good. So I think that's, that's really interesting. It's nice to hear an elite gymnast admit that because it, it, sometimes it seems that everybody, everybody always says, oh, I knew from when I was young that I was going to the Olympics. <laughs> I think it was easier to start building it because you feel like, I don't know if, it, if the word's safer, but like you already have a foundation. And I think the fact that it makes the dream become more real is what makes it or what makes you enjoy it more, I would say. Uh, like I would, I would always watch gymnastics, uh, especially from our home country. We didn't have representatives at the Olympics. And so it was not something that I, I actually thought I could do. I was like, oh, okay, there's many gymnasts who have done gymnastics. I, I didn't think about it. But then I remember going to 2007 Worlds and uh, I think I had two falls. And after that, I was like, eh, you know, like I fell twice, whatever. And then I started realizing that if I hadn't fallen, I would have probably made it to 2008. So that was kind of surprising for me. And then... I think that's what kind of like make the click. I was like, oh, I had a chance. I didn't know it. <laughs> wow. And so um, especially the next two years, we were really good at training. And then I committed to college and it's just, I don't know. I think it was everything that had to be at that moment. So a lot of the listeners for this podcast are, you know, based in the U.S. And they might not know. And I honestly don't know a lot about, you know, gymnastics in, in Chile. Like, how popular is it? And you are the first Chilean gymnast to qualify for the Olympics, right? Yes. <laughs> well, gymnastics in Chile has been very different the past eight years, I would say. It shifted a lot after uh, me and the other gym male gymnasts going in 2012. It became very much popular. I didn't think that it would become that popular especially because it, I think it's an expensive sport compared to any other sport, I would say. And so uh, I was really happy with it because 
we kind of like triggered the fan base for gymnastics. I would say there's so many girls doing gymnastics nowadays. And I'm just really happy for that. I like that we kind of like gave it a little kick and and how our sport got developed in Chile. We're still at that point where we have a lot of gymnasts. There's still not enough competitiveness to keep going after like like after that, like 13, 14 years old. And I think it that's like probably what happens in every country. It's really hard for athletes to keep going at that age because there's there's other interests. There's like other things that catch their attention. And so there's a lot, lot many gymnasts than there were when I was little. Like at least when I, I competed at levels, there was probably like 200 of us competing at the same level. But nowadays it's not just like those type of competitions. There's so many more and there's so many more gymnasts like recreationally. And I hope that in the future that helps us to develop like a better gymnastics program. Like I know we can do better. I think we have the tools. We've learned so much from the past years. And I believe that us as athletes, we can bring so much more to the, like to the sport itself and hopefully to like um, a better system in our country. I think that's what we are lacking, but I think we are on the right track. Uh, There's many gymnasts competing nowadays. And so we just need to, as I said, like create a better system for those gymnasts to get to a competitive level. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that your participation in the last two Olympics and upcoming have really kickstarted the interest in the sport. But what was what was it like for you uh, growing up and not necessarily having the widespread interest, which sometimes means that there aren't enough opportunities? Did you have to move around a lot to find the right gym or different coaching well actually my mom is my coach so it's being like a learning and growing experience for both of us Uh, she has great kids coming up and so uh, what she has learned with me it's been way much easier to apply it to younger generations I would say so I always tell them that they get it easier (laughs) she she was a gymnast when young Uh, she did gymnastics until college and then decided to uh, study to be a coach she's a great coach I think I don't I wouldn't feel comfortable working with anyone else in our country like uh, she has a great work ethic I would say and so I don't know like I would see gymnasts from like uh, like older than me but I wouldn't get I don't know if it's the word it's impressed but like <laughs> I would say like they wouldn't try to empathize with the younger generations, I would say, like, they would just compete, you know. And I think that's one of the things I try to do with younger generations. Like, like I don't want them to see me just as a gymnast, but, like, someone that encourages you to do, to do gymnastics than just me as a gymnast. And I, I think that's what I was missing. Like, I, I got to meet a lot of gymnasts when I traveled, so that was very exciting. And I always had my sister who's three years older than me uh, doing gymnastics and doing big skills. And so it, I don't know, I think it, it was more of a motivator that I struggle developing gym, gymnastic skills. So I would always look at her and just doing like this, like huge tumbling passes. And I was like, you know, I try and try and try and it gets hard, but then you get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm doing the same skills that my sister is doing. So that's, that should be good. And so then you just keep moving. And I think that's the point where you just start looking outside and maybe just not 
replicating what other gymnasts do, but being your own. And I think that's the, like the most fun part. And like, uh, you get to, it's a bit of a pressure, but it, you get to be a role model for the younger generations. And I think that's one of the things I like, like, I, like if I'm going to leave a mark, let's make it a good one. I would say. Yeah. But, <laughs> how, well, how have you stayed motivated to become now a three-time Olympian? I mean, it's a very, especially for a sport where you were the first from your country to represent um, in that sport. And now you're going, you're going to be going back for a third time. And, and it's a sport where even now, especially like these days, like the skill level is so different from what it was 50 years ago. So to be a three-time Olympian is, is just very difficult. Like how, how have you stayed motivated to, to stay in the sport so long, even after college? It wasn't something I was expecting. <laughs> I would say my first Olympics, I, I really enjoyed them. I, I didn't have much expectations. So I, I guess I found another objective. I wanted to make all-around finals for 2016. I didn't make it, and I felt like I made a couple of mistakes that I could have done better. I kept going that year, like after the Olympics, and I I didn't really know what I wanted after. Uh, so I got, um, after that, I got injured. I got, I was out for a year and a half. And so when I came back, I was hoping to at least get to that competitive level. And maybe, I don't know, I didn't know if I wanted to retire after that or just keep going. And so at some point, Tokyo got to be a goal that I was hoping to reachieve. Like get to that level, uh, and maybe I don't know. I don't know to finish the way I want to, but um, at least be the best I can be. Like I knew I could do better in Rio, and I didn't achieve it. So that's what I think has kept me going. I think we get sometimes so caught up in our frustrations that we forget that maybe we have another chance. Like I, I'm really thankful. I, I know not many gymnasts get. Uh, three opportunities to be at the Olympics and so that's been one of the biggest things like be more thankful for the opportunities I've had and for the ones that I still have to in the future Tokyo got to be that goal like um, especially since 2011 I got to be in Tokyo for the first time in my life and I loved it I loved that place I loved the venue I loved the competition and so that's one of my biggest memories to get back to that point where I felt great. I was competing great and I did great. So <laughs> uh, actually Tokyo was the one who gave me the chance to be at 2012 for uh, the test event and then the Olympics. Oh, so wow. I would say uh, it has this, I don't know, I don't know if the city, but it kind of has a special meaning for me, yeah. especially after coming back from the injury and then being able to be at 2018 Worlds. I wasn't expected. I, I think I placed 55th and I was like completely surprised. I was like, I'm coming back from an injury. Uh, well, I felt no pressure. So I competed well. I did well. I felt not as great, but I felt like I could do better. So that's what has kept me going, at least at least for Tokyo. You talked a little bit about the injury that took you out, which kind of put a pause. Were there any other times over the last, you know, since... London where you seriously considered retiring or taking a break? Actually after London I didn't know what to do. I finished competing at Olympics and I still had to finish my college career. I was enrolled in college so 
Uh, there was a lot of going on in my mind for some period of time, at least for 2013, 2014, mostly. I kind of put elite gymnastics on the side. So I prioritized my college gymnastics career. And after that, uh, after college, I just took a year. Well, I competed still, but kind of took a year like recovering from college seasons. <laughs> it's very hard on your body. So uh, it kind of like got to the point where I have to take care of myself. I have to take care of my body and now. And then I'll decide. I felt like it was too much of a rush to make a decision after 2012, especially when you're like, like on the high end of like the energy and being at the Olympics and this excitement, which is, I think it's one of the best opportunities. But what I feel like not many gymnasts talk about, it's like the after, like what happens after the Olympics, uh, mm -hmm. how's your motivation? How do you get back in practice? What's your goal? And I feel like that's like, uh, and I haven't really spoken about it, but uh, it was a, a pretty special situation where you're like, should I keep going? Like it's four years away and now it's been eight years after that. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I just, I've just taken one year at a time, mm -hmm. uh, especially with injuries, especially with age and recovery and so on. So uh, I've tried to be smart with it. I think so far it's worked. Uh, but as I said, I, I still feel like I can do better. And so for me being at, in Tokyo, I, I think it would be a great opportunity to have another chance to prove it to myself. Like, I, I work hard enough to qualify. So uh, it was a very stressful situation. Uh, I, I don't think the past two Olympic qualifications have been that stressful. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really enjoy the competitiveness and how the skill level has increased like worldwide. So I think gymnastics has become much more interesting. And I don't know, that's what I like about it. Like it's, it gets more challenging, <laughs> but you have to keep improving. So that's good. Speaking of training, what is your training schedule like? Like normally, like I know right now it might be a little bit different, but I'm curious about how your training schedule compared to what it might've been like maybe 10 years ago. And even also with the Olympic delay, if that like having kind of an extra year, so to speak before the Olympics, if that's changed how you're training. It's kind of like leap year. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I usually train Monday to Friday, twice a day, just like any other kids, uh, except Wednesday I take half day off. But I would say you just take, it takes me less numbers to get my like training goal for the day. I just, I don't know. I don't spend three hours on bars trying to do everything anymore. So that's good. Oh, <laughs> um, more time just trying to perfect skills rather than routines. Yeah. And I try to be, I think it would say more accountable, which it, it's just one of the things I learned in college. Like if you're not able to translate it into your gymnastics, uh, I think you're still stuck where you started. But yeah, it's more like that. And I, I try to share more experience with the, the, the little ones. I enjoy them, how they develop some skills much faster than I did. Because like, I don't know, I didn't know, my coach didn't know. So we learned together. 
And so I don't know, it's been a good experience, I would say. As far as like how how like you long term plan or train for a big event like the Olympics, like now we you have an extra year. Has that changed how you're you're focusing on your day to day or week to week training? Well, last year was a very competitive year. I came back twenty eighteen after the injury and it took me a while to get into like competition rhythm. So last year was packed up a lot of competitions and I wasn't expecting it. My body wasn't expecting it either. So uh, I think this year it's more like uh, recovering and working on the my, my, my weaknesses towards the next Olympics. Like I know there's a couple of things that you could have done better to feel better or to be physically better. So that's uh, the things I'm, I've been focusing, especially this year since the pandemic and everything, because like, you already know how to do the skills, but have you done everything in your power to feel better or like be better physically? So that's, uh, I think that's what's been my focus on this year. What, what does that mean for you when you say focusing on feeling better um, physically or emotionally? I, th- I feel like everyone has things that they need to work on, uh, especially with like the psychological part. But mostly for me, it's like past injuries that have left a couple marks here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some from college, some from after that. And, and so, uh, like, for example, flexibility on like upper body. Like, uh, I know how I, like, I can do ring jumps and everything, but like there's a portion of my body, like I probably had an injury when I was like 13, 15, that doesn't move as well as the rest of the body. And that probably affects in other areas that maybe when you're 20, it doesn't affect you. <laughs> but uh, it's a couple of things that uh, I, I can do better, especially with like past injuries, uh, ankle injuries, especially. Like just, I just, I would say, give the time to uh, develop physically the way in a way that in the future it it avoids you from injuries i would say probably not many gymnasts talk about it but the older you get the more conditioning you have to do <laughs> maybe you don't do as many numbers of skills but your body has to be ready because your your muscles are not as flexible or like uh or you can pound as much in your body so i feel like your muscle readiness has to be better so that's one of the things i I've, I've told all the kids uh, they need to work on or like, uh, especially with flexibility, being at home, you can wear that perfectly. Like there's nowhere to go <laughs> with this whole pandemic. So I just started to focus on those things. The next thing I was going to ask, like during the pandemic, it sounds like, you know, you know how to stay in shape physically and that's not necessarily the bigger challenge, but mentally I think everyone they're all, we're all struggling to stay on track for our goals and feel like life is normal when it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, has, have you felt that like something it's different from normal? So have, there's something extra that you need to do to stay with, stay positive and keep your mindset strong. Well, for the first couple months, like we were like literally stuck at home for four months. So I decided to put like, my Tokyo goals on the side. Like I just had to focus on the goals that I had at home, like train physically, like train mentally and all those things that I, I, I can actually do at home. 
it's a bit hard as many athletes that are qualified for Tokyo say that like you feel some anxiety because you don't know when are we going to go back or or even if the Olympics are going to happen. Like they keep saying that they're going to happen, but <laughs> for some reason this year they didn't happen. So I think I just try to put that aside and just try to go back on track. And at least now that we can practice, like we only have one practice a day. So I try to be as efficient as I can and do like, like the technical part in the gym and the rest I do it at home. So that's being one of the things like, at least for now I can do that. But when I was like completely stuck at home, I, it was just conditioning. Like I think that's the best way to keep in shape. And so I just come up with new ideas to like entertain yourself. I I, I saw myself taking, taking like uh, dance classes online that like kind of like had another twist to gymnastics, but I knew that in some other way they could help maybe my future performance on floor and those kind of things. And I would say just, I don't know, you only lose motivation when you lose like uh, the idea of doing gymnastics. I think it's just not about gymnastics, but it's where you want to go. And once you realize that, it's you can come up with many ideas to be better and feel better. Because if you, I don't know, we don't know anything like there's nothing for sure for next year. And the only thing we can hope is that everything goes well. But um, at some point we had that pressure that we didn't know if the Olympics were happening and they kept saying that they were going to host them and we were stuck at home for the first month. So that was a bit stressful. But then one of my coaches would always say that, that you have to take one thing at a time. And once you start leaving that, I think everything becomes better. I set myself a schedule. I would wake up at 8.30. I would literally walk my dog for a while and do some sprinting while doing it. So play with him or something. And then just kind of like made my own like home training schedule. Like mm -hmm. three times a week it was spinning and two other was dancing. Mm -hmm. And so just in conditioning in between. Uh, maybe technical part was hard to do because I would hit everything at home. Yeah. I would hit the couch, the wall or anything like that. So it's not, it's not that safe to do gymnastics at home. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at least I, I thought, I thought I, I did the best I could do and I, I got to the gym in the best shape I could do. Like I would say maybe keeping my muscle tone was the hardest thing to do. Like, I don't know. It's harder to build muscle at 31. So <laughs> yeah. that's one of the things I, I, I wish I could have done better, but I, th I think I did the best I could do. Just curious, like, what are you doing to maintain that? Do you lift weights at all or is it all like push-ups and body weight exercises to maintain? Um, so far, it's like um, I try to do like um, more like weights twice a week, um, mostly for um, lower body but then there are other stuff. It's just uh, gymnastics conditioning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you the only elite level gymnast training like in your gym? You mentioned that you they're like the younger generation that you try to like give motivation to. But I'm curious if you anybody training at your level right now with you. Well, we are training at the national training facility. Uh, there's not many of us seniors. I think there's like. Uh, five or six uh, there, we have 
couple of juniors that are like going into senior this year, but uh, like they haven't been able to compete at all or train. So, so far, uh, only the seniors are back. And well, that's a good thing, but we still have to motivate the younger ones. Like they've been stuck at home for the longest. I think this is like their sixth or seventh month. Oh, wow. Um, okay, yeah. so they're bringing back some at a time. Well, because the government has decided to not open gyms yet. Like uh, a couple gyms could open, but only five kids could be training at that time. So it made it very hard for gyms to like uh, maintain themselves with the economic pressure. So it's one of the things, like there's only a couple clubs that are working. I, I believe there's only one in my region and the rest of us are training in the national facilities because like uh, we are kind of like part of like the national team. So um, oh, wow. that's why I said, I like, it's, it's getting harder on the younger ones. Mm, wow. Okay. You briefly talked about when the pandemic started, you set aside your goals for Tokyo, but I'm, I'm just curious if, um, if you've started thinking about that again, or if you had goals that you already knew in mind, for example, you mentioned at London, I think your goal was to qualify for the all around finals. Like, what are your goals this time around for the next Olympics? Well, I'm, I'm shooting for the goal I was shooting in 2016. I want to be at the all-run final. And I think that's what I'm working on. I've been working on some old skills. Like when I got to college, gym, like for gymnastics, I had to leave a lot of skills aside. Like I could do a lot more, but then like you just need to compete the best that you can compete. And that's... One of the things like I've been working on the past couple of years, like getting those skills back and putting them in the routine. So um, that's been one of the things. I'm, we've been playing around with a couple more skills, but then uh, it's it's higher skills that I can do, and they're already in, I would say, in my muscle memory. So uh, I think that's our goal to put those skills into the routines. One last thing I wanted to ask you was about. Um, I know you do some volunteer work with the UN, with an organization called ONU Mujeres. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about the work that you do with them? Well, there's been a couple of activities. Um, we're trying to encourage uh, younger female well, girls to um, do sports. And so the UN thought that they had a great chance of doing so uh, through sport to build those, their self-esteem, I would say. Uh, sports is a great tool for uh, building character. And I would say that's like the main goal with uh, with the little girls, to get them engaged into a sport. Because it, it was not just me, it was other athlete, athletes as well. Uh, we have a, a couple girls from uh, the, the, soccer, the soccer team. And I don't, I think some from karate. And so we're just, I think the main idea of this program is to, I would say, help girls realize they have potential, not just like, uh, I don't know, I don't, I would say not just work in the future. I would say just uh, get out of that comfort zone, especially with some, some sports that are more targeted towards men, like for example, with the soccer girls, uh, that soccer has way much more visibility in our country for men than for women. So we we kind of like uh, assume a role um, being like future models for them to to look up to and say 
uh, like I want to play sports. Uh, it's a great way, way to build character. It's a way, great way to build self-esteem. So uh, I think that's been one of the tasks that we, we've been given by them. We got to go around some schools, uh, talk to girls. And so it's been very different because the audience of girls that you have when you already play a sport, it's very different to girls that have never played played a sport before because they feel like have, they have, for example, no flexibility, no coordination. And once they realize that they have something else that they could do better, it's it's I think it's empowering. And I think that's one of the goals from the program to empower girls to do something out of their comfort zone because they they get a chance to find out that they can do something, you know? And so it's gratifying, I would say. And also it gets you to a point where like, like what do kids learn like uh, from the, their social environment nowadays? I feel like sports can be a great tool for them uh, to develop personally and socially. So I think that's one of the programs we work with. And the other one was, it was like a national assembly of girls, like the top girls on their schools, uh, talking about politics, economics, sports, and pretty much every other area, and just get like their insight. And then you realize that probably what I knew about those environments when I was their age was way less. <laughs> so I was actually surprised to see how different they thought about like our country in that social aspect that I, there was a couple of things that they taught me, but a couple of things that I taught them as well. And so, but at the same time, I, I feel they're all like opportunities for them to become empowered, to be leaders on their own. And not just for me as an athlete, but for them, like maybe someone who wants to be a politician in the future. And so, so I was actually very surprised and pleased to, to meet so so much promising women it, it was it's been a great opportunity working with them like we don't get that chance to sit and talk to children nowadays especially for us athletes and especially for us in elite like we don't get that much contact for me it's a great opportunity to just get an idea of what younger generations are looking for and what they're they're actually in the future replicating i would say it kind of puts a little bit more pressure <laughs> and it catches it kind of puts you a little bit under the microscope, like because mm. whether it's something good or something bad, like you want them to replicate the good. And I think that's, uh, I think the mentality that every athlete should have in, in consideration when like performing or when representing their own country, like they can replicate everything that you do. And if it's something bad, I, I would, I would feel responsible, I would say, but if it's something good, I would literally feel proud of them. I think that's um, in terms of what we do with the program. It's been on and off, but I'm really happy they've considered me. Like I'm the only athlete who's stayed with them, but I know and I'm aware that the soccer team program has been very successful with them as well because it kind of breaks the stereotype of uh, we, uh, women playing soccer. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 very entertaining i would say yeah well i mean congratulations on the work that you do because i mean i can hear from everything you're saying how much you care about the generation coming up and making sure that they are able to kind of capitalize on all the experiences you've had as one of the first the first gymnast in your country to 
go to this level and then sustain that level for so long. So I think that's really commendable and very important, especially now in the pandemic. And I kind of feel like we're seeing it a little bit in the U.S. because a lot of the gymnasts that you still see really training in a lot of the states are gymnasts who maybe their parents own the gym or they're at a really high level. So it's it's if you're not at that high level, it's hard to maintain. And I think it's going to be interesting to see because it, it's going to have to, you're, there's going to be an effect. We'll see it at the Olympics. We might not know like what caused it, um, but I think it's really interesting. And it's so awesome to hear your story. It's very, very motivating. So Simona, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Um, where, you know, I found, found you on Instagram. Do you like supporters to follow you there? And is there anywhere else like um, that you like posting that, you, that fans can follow you? I do mostly Instagram. I literally try to keep my private life <laughs> on one side, but I I do try to be like uh, approachable. I like when people ask me things and I can support them, even if I'm not on the same place or even same country. And, and I think that's uh, what we need to do as athletes, like be supporters of younger generations. Like I like that communication and I like that they feel comfortable enough to approach you. Like I don't, I don't feel like a superstar because I'm not. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just a regular person that has accomplished a lot, and I hope to, to I don't know, set goals up higher. I always tell little girls that I don't want them to be like me. I, I want them to be better than me. So <laughs> I hope that translates. And communication these days is a bit hard, but uh, then we get the opportunity to be online and more connected. So that's, that's the best part. It's one thing that um, I didn't add on it, but I thought it was very important with gymnastics, especially uh, since we're such a young sport, I feel like college gymnastics really helped me like move through that phase from just being a child doing gymnastics to adult doing gymnastics. And I think especially with uh, what's going on with um, collegiate sports nowadays that they're cutting a lot of programs, I think it's very important, especially for gymnastics. I think it's the big motivator for them to keep doing gymnastics an adult into an adult age. And I think it would be a very big shame if those programs disappear. I know it's a whole worldwide situation that has to be considered, but I, I, I strongly believe that it can be solved and hopefully like they get the chance that I had when I did because I think it's very important for for us older generations doing gymnastics to keep doing it I think it's a great opportunity and I think we can we we are already so little gymnast like doing gym like gymnastics at older ages so I yeah. think it would be a great mistake to cut those programs I think yeah. we can get a solution maybe hopefully and I just want to express like my my biggest support for all those athletes struggling in this situation. So hopefully it gets figured out and and we get more college gymnasts in the future. College gymnastics gives you like uh, another like it's like you can be mo more than one type of gymnast and I think that's the opportunity that college gymnastics gives you. Like it's not just this one stereotype of gymnast, you know. And I think that's what makes you enjoy it more. Like you can be your own, express your own. And I think that can be completely translatable into like elite gymnastics. 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm a strong supporter that uh, we need uh, to set rules that uh, gymnasts, for example, get into the senior level. I don't know, but older age, I would say, because I believe that a 16-year-old is not going to enjoy Olympics as much as, uh, for example, 22-year-old, 23-year-old. I, I just, I, I don't see it happening. Like because at 16, I don't know. Like you're thinking about anything else in the world, but like taking a sport seriously as a professional, it, it completely it gets completely different. Mm. And so I don't know. That's just my. <laughs> my random thought but um but yeah like it, it is a big like kick for for gymnastics to have college gymnasts so everyone out there <laughs> doing college gymnastics keep going like you're doing great you're being great role models not just you're not just elite gymnast you can follow simona on instagram at mona olympica it's also in the show notes Thanks for listening to this episode of Better Late. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. If you have guest or episode suggestions, send an email to betterlatepod, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-L-A-T-E-P-O-D, at gmail.com.